Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm your host, Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about The Association by A.K. Kagiano. So let's question the magic of books. Now, first off, uh, this is, I have to just say this is a middling book. I think, as I was looking it up, it appears to be her kind of almost debut novel or second debut novel, or se- not second debut novel, but second novel, and that's fine. It just, I could tell that this is definitely kind of an earlier writing and that's not bad. It just wasn't as great as her other series, the villains and virtue series that I liked so much more than this one. This one's a good one. It's got a little bit of a murder mystery feel to it. It's got some elements of fantasy. The only thing on this one is that since I'd read her other series first, I was expecting a little bit more romance. And this book definitely does not have the romance that I was wanting. <clears throat> All right, we start with, uh, we'll just kind of get into it. This it was a good story. I thought it was fine. I didn't love it. I kept reading it, though. Like, I did keep getting drawn to it and, and wanted to read it, whereas I wasn't actively avoiding it because it was bad, right? Or, like, passively avoiding it. So it does have that going for us. So let's just start with our characters here. We have Ivy Sylvan. She is a girl. She just got out of her relationship, had the worst day of her life, and I just... I guess since this is going to be just full character and everything spoilers, I'm just going to say I wish we'd gotten to know a little bit more about what happened to Ivy, right? That she had the worst day of her life and her parents said, oh, you can't move in with us because we're being, we enjoy being empty nesters. And that was it, you know, and and we learn a little bit more, broke up with her boyfriend because he got in a fight at the bar. Like, I just kind of wish there'd been a little bit more backstory kind of explored throughout this because it was pretty much just like she had the worst day ever now she's moving in with her brother Oakley who is kind of got that total stoner vibe where he's just like I just live at home with my parents and I smoke my I grow my pot and I do other things and now he's kind of changing a little bit and since this book is all from Ivy's kind of point of view we don't really see a lot of the change that could be happening in him but we do kind of see the change at the end where he has kind of accepted that hey these beat fairies are real and this magic is real and you can tell that he's kind of actually starting to embrace his Sylvan-ness, and actually he is a Sylvan, whereas you know uh, Ivy the whole time thinks that they're both just human and that they've secretly gotten into this association, and it was an accident because their last name is Sylvan, and because Oakley's just like, sure, man, I did it, whatever, like without reading anything or actually like fulfilling it. like So that part really worked. I really liked the, hey, this is like a secret gated community for supernatural creatures or hexed people or charmed people. Charmed is kind of it's innate and hexed is like, oh, that's a curse on you, like a werewolf or something similar to that. Like a siren in this book where to create a siren, you have to be drowned and then you come back as a siren or you're reborn as a siren, right? And so that, that part was really interesting. I just, I, it's just so hard to explain, but I felt like there was so much happening in this book and yet nothing happened in this book, right? Like, if that can make sense to you, like, our character Ivy is kind of rushing all over. She's been, okay, I'll just tell you the plot. Like, Ivy is coming into sign to just say, hey, I'm a new resident because I'm living with my brother. And they're like, okay, but you have to do this. We have to get the board to approve of you. And they're happy because they think it's two Sylvans when it's really only one. And then it turns out that Rufus Volchek, who I called as being a werewolf as soon as I saw his name because... Uh, Volchek is is a wolf in in Czech, I believe. Um, it's just if you see VLC or VOK, like that's quite often just means a bro- uh, wolf in like a Slavic type language. So I knew he was a werewolf right away, but he's found dead, 
And so Safia, who's the assistant president to the president, now becomes the interim president. And now she appoints Ivy because she knows Ivy couldn't have been the one to kill Rufus to be the kind of her assistant. And that, and while I understand the reasoning, it's kind of the board is almost just like a big HOA, right? Where they're, they're doing things like that, but it's mostly about supernatural things. Hey, you need to fix that fence. So when the werewolves break out, they don't you know change. They don't break out and go attack normal people. And it kind of gave me that, that HOA feeling vibe. And I just, I didn't like that as much. I felt like it could have been a little bit more, but back to what I was saying, she's going around and, and questioning all these other board members because they think it's got to be one of them because the presidency is basically for life, you know, and then you, he died, so now they're running an election, and it's so fast, and things are moving towards it. And so she's questioning these people, but she questions them. She get, We get, like, one scene with each person, and we're on to the next. And that's kind of how the murder mystery, like, story goes. But I felt like there was a lot of spinning of wheels. Like, we go question somebody, nothing. We go question somebody, nothing. We go question somebody, nothing. And then something kind of clicks, and then we move on to the next part, and then we move on to the next. And then it just didn't feel... And, and then, of course, the whole time we have this half romance, which that's this part where I was very disappointed, this half romance with Hunter Proctor, who is the son of one of the kind of suspects, Alistair Proctor, who is a, a warlock, you know, which is just a magic user, warlock for men, which is for boys, doesn't really matter. But um, this budding romance with him, but it's kind of like, it, it's not the full focus, it's it's maybe like a quarter focus, and I wish it had been more like half, because that would have made it you know, much better for me. And we meet Polly and Penny and I kind of called that Penny was going to have that her drawings were not just drawings, but they were future visions that, and we learned that, yes, she did get those from the netherlight fragment while it was being used to heal her face. And I'm pretty sure that, and this is like totally full spoilers that Penny was scarred because Hunter must have gotten out one night and are not taking his medicine or something kind of blacked out and just totally not, doesn't remember it. And he's the one that scarred Penny and the reason why Rufus couldn't out the member of the pack or punish the member of the pack and had to you know, took that punishment on himself was because Hunter didn't even know he was a werewolf because he was an affair. That was the other thing. There's a lot of kind of like affair stuff going on in this. And that's it. It can make sense for a story. I don't necessarily think all of them made sense for this story. And that Hunter piece kind of just came out of nowhere. I didn't feel like there was an intense need for him to be a werewolf versus him just being a, a wizard or a witch. Eh, so, like I said, this was just kind of something interesting. The Evan, who is uh, Evan Volchek, Rufus's uh, nephew, who's inheriting the business and then ends up dead as well. That was interesting. I really thought maybe it was him because he's kind of like that businessy sleazeball type uh, trope you can think of. And then he ends up dead. You know, Kala is the vampire. Alistair Proctor, the warlock, and then you've got Tharman Barrel Axe, which is nice. Uh, I like that name, Barrel, like the gem, and then Axe, of course. Those are two things that dwarves are really known for. Is a dwarf. And they both, they all have their own reasons for why they want to run for presidency and what they want to do and why they had issues with uh, Rufus until the end. And then we learned, oh, it was actually Victoria Jing, Jang, the siren. And we should, you know, you can kind of, she's laid some clues ahead of time that sirens can mimic anybody's voice. And then we know he was called here. And then we learn, okay, he actually died at this time. And so the clues are kind of there. I don't know if they're necessarily like right available or like incredibly clear that I would be able to see them on a, on a second reread. Maybe I'd be able to see them, but I still think it comes a little bit out of left field. 
they they move on. They're able to stop her. The, it was a fun book, but just not. It just there was a lot of treading water and kind of doing nothing, and then something would happen and we'd move forward. Um, and I just I, I guess I'm not a huge fan of the murder mystery where you just go from place to place, investigate, investigate, and then repeat and then soft clue i like a little bit of different things going on you know we'll see and and another thing that was going on is she's chasing this cockatrice around all the time and everybody's kind of mad that the cockatrices are getting out but then nobody does anything to to try and control them or stop them except for ivy and sophia and truthfully i honestly thought for about 30 to 40 percent of the book that sophia was the murderer and that she was just playing this part up to, you know, that, oh, he somebody had to have murdered him. And, you know, because she wanted to get Ivy in trouble or just she wanted Ivy to not suspect her. So she's pushing this murder angle because why would the murderer push the that the the angle that he was murdered? And so I was thinking it was her because she's a witch and she she doesn't stand to gain. But she I mean, I just felt like, OK, she's the witch or she's the one who did it. That I was totally proven wrong on that. And I'm fine with being proven wrong on that. And then I was at, very surprised to see that this was actually a standalone. I, I picked this up after her first series, and I thought this was going to be a series as well, especially the way it ended, where it just ends on a, you know, they're voting about who's to vote and who's going to be the next president, and then it just cuts away. And so we don't know anything more about Ivy, if she really is a Sylvan, if there's going to be any more. I, I hope there's another book. Maybe it would be better. I'm sure it would be better because she's had a lot of time to improve. And like I said, the most recent thing she's put out has been very good. So... I don't know if there's going to be another one, though. It seems like it's just a series, or just a standalone, excuse me. And I guess the only other real kind of complaint I have is that, and it's not a big complaint because it never, the book doesn't promise to deliver on, like, a detailed, intricate magic system. It's kind of just like, the Netherlight Fragment is super powerful. It can do whatever you want. It just matters on intent. And she's able to use it, which kind of leads you to believe, hey, if you can use the magic, then you're more than just a mortal. Because if you were just a mortal then when you try to, you know, any time any mortal wanted something with their intent, then the magic would work. And so I, I liked that it. it wasn't overused. The Netherlight Fragment wasn't like, okay, and now it can do anything. And it, I command it to just stop Victoria Jiang and like save everybody and cure the werewolves. And no, it wasn't nothing like, it wasn't anything like that. It was put out well and done effectively. It's just very soft and kind of vague. And I wish there'd maybe been a little bit more consistency. I understand that wasn't the point or the plot of this book. And so it works within itself. That's just a me personal preference. I like a little bit more knowledge about why and kind of how the magic or other things like that. So that's going to wrap up my discussion of The Association by A.K. Cagliano. Sorry for the shorter episode, you guys. But thanks for listening. Thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, please send those to libromancypod at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember to question the magic of books. Mm-hmm.